Thank you, Zach, and the team here tonight. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. How's everyone doing? It's awesome. We have like uh, lights, and uh, those of you who don't live in Bear Valley, you know, it's not that great, to be honest with you. Uh, they turned the power off on us, and like, uh, you know, you, I don't know what they were doing, but uh, it was dangerous, I guess. Dangerous, so we had to have no power. Um, so we had cords running throughout the church in preparation for uh, this evening. Uh, but we are so thankful that you're here with us today. You're a blessing to me uh, to see you all. Um, we had a great first service, and now um, just thankful for you all coming and trust that God will use this time uh, to have a good Christmas celebration tonight and tomorrow for you all as we celebrate the birth of Christ. The weary world rejoices. Uh, I, I, I'm not, um, I love music. Christmas music isn't my favorite. I hate, how can you say that on Christmas Eve after we've just heard some beautiful, I just said it, sorry. Uh, but one of the, the lines that has got me this year is the weary world rejoices. And um, obviously, I, I think it's fitting because of the chaos of 2020. By the way, it's not just about the year 2020. It's about the people that we live with in 2020, right? Uh, these aren't unknown forces out there that uh, we have, uh, you know, oh, 2020 has been so bad. And uh, you say, well, why? And you say, well, because of this. Well, somebody did that. Somebody did that. Uh, it may not be someone we know, but we, you know, we, these things all come from some place. We struggle. We struggle. Uh, we struggle with uh, maybe where we live or the burdens of our heart. We might struggle with who we are, the things that we're uh, dealing with and trying to define who we are. Uh, we might struggle with when is the power going to go back on? Uh, I saw some people that will remain nameless. They might be here tonight uh, getting frustrated on Facebook about when is the power going to go back on? Um, and, you know, the important stuff of life. Will I have enough toilet paper? A big question of 2020, right? Um, uh, these are the things. The weary world rejoices. Do you know why uh, they, they, they wrote that in the song, The Weary World Rejoices? Uh, because saying the overwhelmed world or the freaking out world wouldn't be very poetic. Wouldn't be very poetic to write in a Christmas song. Uh, the weary world rejoices. Why are we so weary? I, I, I was thinking about this as I prepared to share with you tonight. Um, it's By the way, it's a strange thing to say, the weary world rejoices. Most of the time, Weary people don't rejoice. It doesn't make sense. It is written purposefully for us to think through, why would the weary world rejoice? Why are we weary? Could be our world, right? The world we live in. The elections, our health fears, global, global warming or cooling, whatever you feel like is going on. Um, we become weary by these things. We take them in. We think about them too much. And it wearies our soul. Could be our world, but it also could be our people, right? The people we work with. Man, there's some of the people I work with are crazy. Good to see you, Zach. Um, 
Brandon, see over there? Caleb's out at the fires, I think. Um, good, you know, could be the people we work with, but it also could be the people we live with, our spouse, our kids, or our grandparents, our, you know, our extended family. We, it might be the people that we're working with. The people around us may stress us out. could be our lives, right? The things that are going on. Some of the things that are going on are difficult things. uh, We should never minimize that sometimes we struggle with health and finances, with uncertainty about the future. And lastly, it could just be our own sin. The things we're doing, right? Stresses us out because the guilt and shame because we know we're doing wrong. The weary world rejoices. Well, this evening, I, I want to just share with you some uh, reasons why the weary world rejoiced in the time of Jesus and why we can now as well. I want to, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you why we're here tonight. This section of scripture that describes um, the events around uh, the birth of Christ. God's word says this, this is Luke chapter two. In those days, a decree went out Uh, from Caesar Augustus, that all the world uh, should be registered. This is the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. I'll stop right there real quick. Uh, Some of you might be a little skeptical about this whole Jesus thing, Savior of the world. I just want to tell you that that section that I just read had a bunch of things in it about where Jesus came from, his lineage and his family, and, you know, how that all worked together. And all of that was prophesied in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before it happened. You say, well, I don't believe in the virgin birth. That's talked about in there too. Um, I want to tell you that um, even if you don't believe it, doesn't mean it's not true. And the other things that in regards to his family, um, you don't get to choose what family you're a part of. You don't get to choose your history. You don't get to choose what town you used to live in and so on and so forth. That's all part of God's plan, and this was true of Jesus as well. Let me read on. And while they were there, the time came uh, for her birth, her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feel, filled with great fear. You know why? Because they were scared. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Be fearful. Verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, 
and lying in a manger, when suddenly there was an angel, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, uh, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all uh, who heard it wondered. What the shepherds had told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. God, thank you for your word, the message of your son Jesus, his birth, and what he came uh, to do for us. God, we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have five things for you this evening of why the weary world rejoiced when Jesus was born. And for us here tonight, it's the same reasons we should be rejoicing as we think about the Savior being born. I realize that presents and uh, food among family and even candles. Kids, do you have your candles ready? We're going to light them in a little bit, okay? Don't, don't, don't get over anxious, but I want you to make sure you have them ready and Remember, this isn't a branding. This is a candle lighting, okay? Um, I have five things for you. The first one comes from the passage I just read, that Jesus, uh, the reason that they were rejoicing is because he was the Messiah, the Christ. Now, the, the term Messiah really isn't spoken of in the Old Testament. It is the Old Testament. It's all these little details and things, even from the earliest book of Genesis, that, that one is going to come. And, and the prophecies that I mentioned earlier and all these details describe the Messiah. And part of the reason that they were a weary world is because they were looking forward to the Messiah. What you need to, to get in your mind is from generation to generation, they were waiting, they were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting from generation to generation. And, and, and part of the problem of life is waiting, isn't it? How many of you are impatient people and you don't like to wait? Some good Germans there, right? You can be on time, you can be scheduled, and so on and so forth. Uh, waiting is tough. It, it, the, the idea of us waiting, but, but know this, that in the Old Testament, as God's people they heard about the Messiah. They heard about the one that was to come. But from generation to generation, they told the story. And they knew in the frustrations of life, the wars and even the exiles taken into captivity, they longed for the Messiah to come. And in the frustrations and the emptiness of life, they go, oh, but the Messiah will come. In Luke chapter 2, it connects us with this idea that the Messiah, the Christ, the one that was spoken of, has come. The weary world rejoices. Connected with that, also in Luke chapter 2, it describes Jesus as a Savior, as a Savior. 
Now, it's interesting. It says, as a Savior is born. And as you think about the world and the world even today, um, there's many people who claim to have the answers to your problems. Many. You know, you can watch infomercials on TV and little videos about this great product for $29.95. A few easy payments. And it'll solve whatever ails you. And it sounds great. Uh, it, it could save you. Might be a vaccine, right? It'll save you. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus made no claims of small things like this. He came to be the savior of the world. The ones who would trust in him, the ones who would uh, be uh, given over to this baby that was born, this man that would be uh, given himself on the cross. He was now the new and true savior who has come. The weary world rejoices. Number three, we see in John chapter one, we see this baby uh, is no longer a baby. In John chapter one, we see him as a man. And John the Baptist sees him and he makes this declaration of what this man would be. He said, it says in verse 29, John chapter 1, verse 29, that uh, he saw Jesus coming towards him, John the Baptist did, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Think about that. And picture yourself as uh, one before the time of Christ. A God follower, uh, one who knew well about their sins and went and made sacrifices over and over and over again. You can imagine yourself as a child. Some of you are children here today, and you can imagine going to this animal sacrifice and going, man, it's pretty exciting. This is the first time I get to go, and I get to see it. And then you see an animal, and the blood spilled, and the animal sacrifice, and you go, whoa. That's a little crazy. I kind of like animals, Mom. Why are they doing that? And you know the connection is to your sins and forever in your life that you'd go back to those sacrifices over and over and over again because you knew your sin was over and over and over again. It wasn't just last year I had a rough year. It was every year I had a rough year. And what would take care of my sins? I want to tell you, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. A weary world rejoices because our sins are taken care of. The price of Jesus Christ. Really connected with this in Revelation chapter 17, my fourth point here tonight is that Jesus is the King. Is the King. And you know, uh, I think that we all know about kings and presidents. But this is what it says in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. As it speaks of this same lamb, now uh, gone to the cross, resurrected, ascended, and now coming back as the victorious one. It says this about this lamb, Jesus. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. I want to tell you that Jesus is the 
new king, the only king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who he is. Now, there are lots of kings, lots of presidents, lots of governors. And just like us today, we're always looking for a new one, right? We're always looking for a better one. Kings and presidents and governors. Can I get an amen? A new governor? Come on now. Kern County. I want to tell you that uh, that there's all we're always looking for a new one, and to, you, you know we we're always looking for a new leader, right? We're always looking, and we're saying, "Oh, this person is good until they do something we don't like, and then we don't like them anymore, and we vote them out, or we we try to we're, we're always looking for a new one." I want to tell you, I want to tell you that Jesus is the only King you're ever going to need, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one that was born grew up to be a man, gave himself on the cross, you know, died. He died, he rose again, ascended into heaven, and he's coming back. He's coming back, not as a, a, a sacrificial lamb anymore, but now as a conquering king. This is the Jesus. I want to tell you, the weary world rejoices. The weary world rejoices. One more. And it's kind of connected, <laughs> excuse me, um, to we're going to sing Silent Night and we're going to light those candles here in a moment. Not, not right now, but in a moment. Kids, you still with me? Ready? Um, the true light, the true light. This is who Jesus is, the true light. We live in a world of darkness. In fact, it would have been darker here tonight had the power not been on, Right? We had ideas and stuff, but it wasn't going to be this lit up, right? Um, we know about darkness out here in the country, right? And it's fun. You can watch stars, and I know some of you were stargazing. I think it was a Monday or Tuesday. We saw the amazing thing in the sky. Um, I, I just want to tell you, um, darkness represents lost, lostness, sin, and, and this idea that that we just can't figure it out, we just can't know what we're doing. We just there's this picture of of darkness in the scripture that comes from not having Jesus. But this is what it says in John chapter one verse nine. It says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The true light. You know you you can have ideas and thoughts and. And Jesus separates himself and he says, the true light, the true light, the one that you need. I want to tell you, the weary world rejoices because Jesus has come. Who he is, and not just who he is, but who he is to us is the reason that we can rejoice.